and welcome to X-Men Unraveled. I'm Noelle, and this podcast follows the stories of the X-Men and other mutants in chronological order. Today, I am covering Uncanny X-Men number six, when the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants tries to get Namor the Submariner to join their ranks. It's been a minute since Namor made an appearance on this show, so I will go back and do a bit of catch-up for his life first. I'm not going to cover every detail of Namor's life because he has a lot of stories and appearances, and most of them involve the Fantastic Four, the Avengers, and other non-X-Men heroes. So I want to stick to the key moments of his life or where it overlaps with our usual cast of mutants. Not that his other stories don't matter, but Namor has a lot of appearances, and even though he's a cool character, I am not trying to start a Namor podcast. So I'll pick up with where we left him last, suffering with amnesia in New York City, and then cover his experience with Magneto and the Brotherhood. Before I get started, I do have a couple of updates. The first is a reminder to be listening to the podcast Talk and Snicked, especially if you love the X-Men animated series from the 90s. I was on a recent episode that covered two episodes that took place in the Savage Land. So that was a lot of fun. I love getting to talk about the show that sparked my interest in the X-Men all those years ago. So go check that out if you are not already. It's a great podcast and you should be listening to all of it. Second update is that Grey Malkin Lane recently released an episode about Cerebro. Um, and Cerebro has a really complicated history and the episode breaks down a lot of it. And turns out Cerebro is a lot more than just a computer who looks for mutants. So go check that out as well as all the other awesome episodes. The host Chad always has great guests and is a wonderful person. So go support that show. All right. So with that, let's get to the story. Last time we saw Namor, he was suffering from amnesia after an attack by Paul Destine. Not going to go over that whole story. Um, you'll have to go back to the Namor episode to hear it. Uh, but Professor X had also found Namor and managed to fuck him up even more. And Namor ends up alone in New York with no idea of who he was or where he came from. His story picks up in Fantastic Four number four. And that is when Johnny Storm, the Human Torch, and the rest of the Fantastic Four are in the middle of a tiff. I don't know what it's about, and I didn't care enough to find out. The Fantastic Four will only be mentioned on this podcast when absolutely necessary. Sorry. Anyway, Johnny Storm is wandering around the Bowery neighborhood in New York City, and he ends up going to a flop house to lay low and hide out from his teammates. When he's there, he finds a stack of old comic books about Namor the Submariner, and he's kind of talking about it to the men around, and another resident says that one of the guys in the hotel is about as strong as Namor used to be. And then we see a very depressed-looking man who is sitting alone, and he has really long hair and a beard. And so the other men try to get him to show off his strength, and he really just wants to be left alone. Unfortunately, they won't let him, and they attack him, like, to get him to fight and show how strong he is. He does beat them all off easily, but then they pick up two-by-fours and other objects to continue the fight. Johnny Storm jumps in and gets them all to back off, and he hears the man complain of not being able to remember who he is. So Johnny Storm activates his powers, 
and uses his hand to burn off the beard and long hair of the man, which seems like a very dangerous hair removal method. But with the long hair and beard gone, Johnny immediately recognizes the man as the Submariner himself. Eyebrows and all. They didn't get burned off. Even though Johnny Storm knows now that it's Namor, Namor still has no memory of the past. Getting the haircut did not solve the problem. So Johnny comes up with an idea that if he can get Namor back to the ocean, it will restore his mind. It's a stretch, but it works. Once he's in the water, Namor immediately remembers his name, his family, and his home of Atlantis. So he immediately sets off to find the city, and when he gets there, Atlantis is in ruins. There is no sign of his people, and he realizes that the debris is radioactive. And he assumes, correctly, that humans caused this destruction with their atomic tests. He believes that the Atlanteans are alive, being for some unexplained reason immune to radiation, but he is still despondent and not knowing where in the ocean they could be. But rather than go look for them, Namor remains true to his name, which means Avenging Son, and decides that before he finds his people, he has to go take vengeance on humanity. So he goes back to New York and confronts Johnny Storm, and he tells him that he made a mistake by helping Namor, because now he remembers who he is, has his powers back, and he's going to destroy humanity. Johnny Storm races off and summons the rest of the Fantastic Four to come help him stop Namor. At the same time, Namor has dived into the ocean to wake a giant creature named Giganto, so creative, with a horn that has the ability to awaken and control sea monsters. So Giganto is a giant sea creature that kind of looks like a whale with legs, and he's not excited to be woken from his nap, which is fair. The Fantastic Four alert New York City about what is happening, and the authorities evacuate it as Giganto is making his way towards land. When he arrives, he walks out of the harbor, and he's taller than anything else in the city, so he lives up to his name. And the authorities in the city have placed cannons near the water to try and stop Giganto, and they fire at him, but it doesn't really bother him, and he just keeps going and starts destroying buildings. The Fantastic Four are at a loss and don't really know how they're going to stop this monster. But the Thing finds a nuclear bomb just laying around somewhere and straps it to his back. And while Giganto is taking a break from his rampage, the Thing waltzes into his mouth and sets off the bomb, killing poor Giganto, who was just cranky after being bothered from sleeping. Poor guy. Namor arrives and announces to the Fantastic Four that as long as he has his horn, he can continue to wake up other sea monsters, so they haven't solved anything. But while he's in the middle of his speech, Sue Storm, the Invisible Woman, invisibly walks up and snatches the horn away. Namor is able to catch her and she turns visible, and Namor is immediately obsessed, saying that she's the most beautiful woman and he offers to stop his attack on humanity if she'll marry him. Sue feels like she has to agree to save the world, and Namor gets mad because she's acting like it's a sacrifice when she should be thinking of this as an honor. Pretty gross. And the other members of the Fantastic Four attack him and are able to send him back to the ocean. Namor also, of course, drops the sea monster summoning horn, and it's lost to the depths, along with Namor's original plan for revenge. 
So things are not going great for Namor after he has recovered from his amnesia. He still doesn't know where the Atlanteans are, and he has failed in his mission for vengeance. But Namor will continue his efforts to take his revenge on humanity. Namor meets and faces off with a few other heroes in his quest to destroy humanity. In Avengers number three, he teams up with the Hulk, who is also angry at humans for what seems like just not letting him do whatever he wants whenever he wants. They fight the Avengers together briefly, but end up defeated, and Namor once again returns to the sea. In Avengers number four, he's searching for the Atlanteans and finds a group of Inuit people worshipping Captain America, who is encased in a block of ice. There is not time in this episode to go into how fucked up that is, but I just want to mention that it is very fucked up of a storyline. Anyway, he attacks them, and Cap's ice cube ends up in the ocean, where he is discovered by the Avengers after having been believed to be dead. Namor also manages to retake Atlantis, even though he doesn't have much of a kingdom for a while. In Fantastic Four number 27, He says that his people have fled from him, and then he decides to kidnap Sue Storm because he's still obsessed with her. The Atlanteans that are loyal to him at that point desert him because they don't want their queen to be a human. Of course, the Fantastic Four foil this plan because even in the 60s, it wouldn't be okay to have a hero kidnapped and forced into marriage against her will. But most importantly to the story today, Namor gets an offer to join the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants in Uncanny X-Men number six. The issue starts with the X-Men sitting down for dinner. It's more accurate to say everyone except Jean is sitting down for dinner because she's busy cooking and serving the food. I'm sorry, but Xavier is rich, Angel is rich. Why do they not have a cook? Why is Jean having to do this? She's like a full-time X-Man and a full-time housewife for five grown-ass men? Because we have to assume that she's doing the cleaning as well. Fuck every single one of them. I don't care if it was the 60s. That's garbage, and it made me furious as I was reading. Anyway, while Jean is busy taking care of the rest of her man-child team, Xavier is reading a newspaper that mentions Namor. He starts wondering to himself if Namor could be a mutant. Magneto, meanwhile, is having the same exact thought. He is back on his island, um, his original island, not Santo Marco, and telling a very fawning toad that he's going to take his most powerful weapons and get Namor to yield to him. This is a strange description because he does not do that. Instead, he uses, again, the strange telepathic abilities that he shouldn't have, but for some reason in these early issues he does. And he sends a projection of himself to Atlantis, where Namor is in the middle of raging about his fight against the Fantastic Four and his limited success in amassing power in Atlantis. Magneto comes up with a plot to enlist an Atlantean to manipulate Namor into joining him. Doesn't say who this Atlantean is, but he seems to be important and like high up in the ranks. So Magneto offers the Atlantean a chance to seize the throne if he can convince Namor to leave Atlantis and join Magneto. The Atlantean is sold, and he goes to Namor and says that Magneto is a powerful mutant, and since Namor is a mutant as well, he should join him in his fight against humanity. 
Namor accepts the idea of being a mutant pretty easily. I would have thought it would take more convincing, but I guess the thought of being half mutant instead of half plain old homo sapien would be intriguing, at least to someone like Namor. So he leaves to search out his fellow mutant, Magneto. However, throughout all of this, Xavier has been spying on Magneto's endeavor with his telepathy. And in order to stop him, he gathers the X-Men and takes them out on a ship into the North Atlantic to find Magneto's island base. Namor arrives shortly before, and Magneto and Namor's personalities clash pretty much immediately. While Magneto is greeting him, Namor interrupts and reminds him that he is royal and shouldn't be spoken to without permission. He then walks away to go inspect the island, and Magneto is apparently really desperate for this alliance because he does not fly off the handle. Instead, he comes up with a super gross plan. He wants to use Wanda as bait to entice Namor into joining the Brotherhood. So he sends her off to go chat him up. And maybe the retcon of Wanda and Quicksilver helps this story because without it, Magneto is trying to pimp out his own daughter. Wanda seems relatively okay with this plan and is even possibly too naive to realize exactly what Magneto is trying to do. So she goes over to talk to Namor, but accidentally sets off her hex powers and causes an electric current to zap Namor. It doesn't phase him, and she's trying to explain what happened, but just then, the X-Men attack. Namor leaps into the fight to show off for Magneto, and I think it's safe to assume for Wanda too, at least in part. The X-Men end up retreating back to their ship, which Magneto then explodes with a giant magnet. Don't ask me how, that's what happens. The X-Men swim back to the island and resume their attack, and they do manage to capture Quicksilver. But Magneto is getting ready to use the giant magnet again um, and destroy the X-Men with it. But Wanda panics because this would harm Pietro as well. He's literally in the middle of the X-Men. And Magneto says, stop sniveling. I make the decisions. But Namor is standing right there and he has heard enough. He says that he would never ally with someone who would talk to a female that way and tears apart Magneto's machine. Magneto fights back and traps Namor in a bunch of metal, but then the X-Men arrive and the Brotherhood scatters. Toad and Mastermind run off with Magneto, but Wanda stays behind to find her brother. The X-Men attack Namor, and Wanda helps him as payback for him stepping in against Magneto. Xavier ends up stopping the fight, uh, bringing a mind-controlled but unharmed Quicksilver along. Things look like they're about to go okay, but then Xavier pisses off Namor by saying that he and the Maximoffs are just pawns of Magneto. That's not what you say to Namor. And he leaves in a rage and is just like done with his entire decision to try and again make allies with surface dwellers. He dives back in the ocean, but then Magneto turns his giant weapon magnet on him and traps him in place. Namor is able to resist and ends up destroying the machine, falls into the ocean. Magneto takes his brotherhood onto a ship and they fly away. And the issue ends with the victorious X-Men taking full credit for Namor's work and Jean saying that she's glad to see the witch go because she's much too attractive. Because we can't have two women in a story unless there's a cat fight. Overall, Namor's return to the world is pretty unsuccessful. He fails in his efforts over and over again, mostly because he's really written as a villain at this point. 
And Namor may have learned that he was a mutant in this issue, but it doesn't really bring him any closer to finding peace with humanity. Now he just seems mad at humans and mutants entirely. Also worth noting that Xavier was fine with Namor leaving because the X-Men stopped him from joining Magneto. So it doesn't bother him seeing Namor go off alone, isolated, and defeated, and also just as determined to destroy humanity, which Xavier claims to want to protect. I don't know, I feel like I end every episode talking shit about Xavier, but every time he does something terrible. Like, this did not end well. Like, I don't think Namor going off alone and angry is any good for humans or mutants. And, you know, at the beginning, when Magneto is manipulating everything and trying to recruit Namor, Xavier is watching this all happen from the sidelines, and he never once stepped in to change his mind or help him see what was really going on. I just don't get it. On the other side, the fragile alliance of the Brotherhood is definitely fraying as well. Wanda and Pietro continue with Magneto for now, but his cruelty is definitely pushing them away Saw some of that last time, but he is especially cold in this issue since he was willing to kill Pietro alongside the X-Men. Wanda and Pietro have only had each other for years now, so when Magneto puts one or the other of them in danger, it definitely affects their willingness to work with him. Mastermind still seems loyal, or at least he has nowhere to go, and Toad is really the only one who is still all in. Having a place to belong means he's going to continue to follow Magneto wholeheartedly. Next time, we'll see how the Brotherhood is doing after this defeat. They will also be joined by a returning villain, the Blob. So that is it for today. Thanks so much for listening. The first time I read these comics years ago, it was a totally different experience than reading them after everything that came before this chronologically. So I hope you are enjoying the ride as well. If you are, it would be awesome if you would leave a review wherever you listen. And check out the Instagram at X-Men Unraveled or follow me on Twitter at LUnraveled at E-L-L-E Unraveled for updates. And don't forget to check out Talkin' Snicked and Grey Malkin Lane. They're both awesome shows with very smart hosts. Thank you, as always, for listening, and I will talk to you next time. Bye! <laughs>